you got to get out west and you got to get it on your skin and then it gets in you there will be no more zero me sitting at a tree stand 60 below ever again i promise you i will never do that again i'm going back if it's going to take me walking in whatever you know into public ground or whatever it is it's just incredible from montana to mexico texas to Tajikistan, alaska to asia colorado to canada rolling bones outdoors presents hunt the world Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Now we have sound effects to the beginning of our intro. Oh, good Lord. Anyway, I'm the clapboard, Brett Miller. <laughs> Perfect. This is a low-budget operation. <laughs> Actually, I think it's been a really high budget operation. It's just that every nickel of the high budgets went towards software. <laughs> anyway, welcome to this week's episode of Rolling Bones. Uh, no, welcome to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Thanks for joining us today, and we are here in the You've broadcast. only done it 193 I, I, times. 193 <laughs> times, I can't remember, get it straight, because uh, we now have our soundboard or clapboard or whatever it's called to begin with. But you know what? The funny thing is, is we have a different, uh, uh, um, uh, I guess, placement today to the table, because usually Brad's right across from me. Today, he's within arm's reach, so I can ear hole him. Ooh. So usually wow. we try to like to have a separated so I can't hit him. <laughs> but today, he's gonna, this shoulder could be bruised by the end Don't, of the yeah. time. Yep. <laughs> so, We're taking a chance. He's probably, he probably got a shot to some COVID uh, um, updated thing. Did you get a shot to COVID? I got, I got the shingles. Was it oh, shoulder? I did too. I did that too. Was it did you? I did. Did so, you get sick so from it? Does it hurt oh, there? Did. Does it hurt here? Where does it hurt? <laughs> no. Right so, oh, man, I'm going to punch his. Oh, so, I got so anyway, sick. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We appreciate you joining us today. Um, and you know what? We were having this conversation with somebody the other day about why we do an intro and an outtake every time. And I will tell you this, for people that are listening, um, we do it every single time no matter what because we do want to welcome everybody. And I think it is something that people come to expect. And if you've never heard before, they want to know what this is. Is it on the world with Rolling Bones Outdoors? So I will restate it one more time. Welcome to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. And thank you for joining us today. We are in the Bone Cave on location, and we appreciate you. There are no new bones in the cave, um, but we don't have anything new in here at all. But Brad and I are working on getting our... Um, our, uh, I'm boiling two heads this weekend, so oh, we'll have so some new. We'll have some new heads. I don't even know where my. Oh, you know what? Um, uh, I do know. Matt has my my white tail. tail. Yeah. So I haven't shot a white tail in forever. I was really not. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, we we digress. We need to talk. So so we have some podcasts coming up. Before I tell you who's on today, okay? Because we do have a very special guest. But I did want to let you know that we have some podcasts coming up, um, and I never know what order these are in, so normally I don't tell you, but we will have South Dakota deer hunting podcast this year, um, what our forecast was on and what our thought and takeaway on that season was and what happened, okay? So that is uh, is over now, and we had an incredible season, and it was a great time, and we're going to do that. Number two, we're going to do a 
another one on Tajikistan, interna uh, international travel um, and some of the stuff with the specifics of the hunt. I think we did a great job of explaining what we did and how it went, but I think people uh, actually, I've had a lot of requests going, are you going to do one just on the hunt? You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we'll, we'll do another one on the hunt and uh, um, the build up to the hunt and the kills, okay? And so we'll do that and maybe a couple of those because that I don't think got its I've had a lot of questions about it too. Yeah, and, and Tajikistan was absolutely amazing. But yes. anyway, for us at, uh, at the Bone Cave here in Spearfish, South Dakota, if you look at where we're located, we are in western South Dakota. And uh, um, by, by nature or by, by physical geographical location, we are north and west of Rapid City, South Dakota, about 43 miles. And we are, depending on what exit you look at, and since I've came here, there's been some uh, um, growth in spearfish in the last 18 years. But um, spearfish lies, the western boundary of spearfish is um, approximately eight miles from the Wyoming border. Okay, and Brad and I live um, um, off of exit two, um, and uh, he would be at about exit three if there was such a thing. Okay, but um, I live off of exit two, and he's off of exit three. So we are on the far western side of the state. You can't get any further west than we actually are, and uh, then you're in Wyoming. So for us, there's Wyoming, and then right above that's that little teeny um, state, um, Montana. So um, we ha literally are in the corner of Montana, Wyoming, and South Dakota. Now, we would say North Dakota, but um, the hunting licensing application process to get yeah, tags up there is not easy. Yeah, we're not very far, though. We just don't take advantage of it, but we're close to Nebraska. You can, we're, that's, yeah, actually, easy we're to only get an to hour, too. hour and yeah. 20 minutes north of Nebraska. Like so, that, yeah. so, yeah, so if you look at where we're at, we have a lot of epic hunting. And uh, the reason I mentioned that today is because our guest today is uh, um, my lifelong brother and uh, not uh, born of the same womb, but um, lifelong brother in the fact that we went to kindergarten together and uh, first grade, second grade, third grade. We went to uh, speech class together. We went to, uh, they always, uh, you know. It's hard to believe that you needed to go to speech class, huh? Mm -hmm. You were probably, you weren't as chatty back then. Is that what you're telling me, you two? You guys were always getting in trouble by the teachers, though, right? I had so a list. Happened? Easy. I, easy. I had a list. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I had a list, and I stuttered, and Brett was uh, um, Brett was just my buddy, and he wanted to go with me. <laughs> Imp impaired I'm, with reading. <laughs> and bad with reading. Brett, you're, you're not supposed to say that, okay? You're just supposed to say, yeah, I was there, too. Oh. Okay. Let let my let my problem be yours. No big deal. So you had to read to me, so I knew how to read. <laughs> I didn't have a problem reading. I had a problem saying the words. You didn't have a problem yeah, saying so the I words. I had a problem. Had a problem you had a problem reading. So I had a problem reading, so you taught me how to read. Oh, oh you did! I fell right on my ass. Who huh? <laughs> oh. knew? Anyway, so so we got Brett Miller on. So to my right's Brad Dana. Brett Miller is here today and uh, bleep. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But the reason I was mentioning that we live in this confluence is because we have an opportunity to hunt in uh, um, southeastern um, uh, Montana, and uh, um, for us, it's a real privilege to be able to hunt up there. And uh, we have a couple opportunities in different locations that we take advantage of. And Brett was uh, drew, drew a tag this last year to come to Montana and uh, 
uh, him and I went on our first Western hunt together, and this is after at least 12,000 miles of walking um, ditches, railroad tracks, and miscellaneous amounts of sloughs everywhere on planet Earth. Does that make sense? So yes. we we and uh, to chase. I mean, how many miles do you think we walked as kids a day to catch or to catch? Yeah, to shoot one <laughs> pheasant, a quail, a Hungarian partridge, or some stupid rabbit or something. Rabbits, squirrels, crows. It didn't matter. Whatever we could come across. If there was a season, we were gonna. If there was a season in a twelve gauge or a twenty two, it was involved. I guarantee you that. So that's interesting, and and we're going to be talking today about some of that uh, stuff. But one of the things that um, was unique about this hunt is the weapon Brett used is foreign to the population of Iowa right. for harvesting animals. Right? How old are you, Brett? Fifty-four. You're fifty-four years old. October seventeenth. So you're fifty-four years old. You missed what was, it again. What? Eighteenth. Got it. So what was unique about this weapon for you in this hunt? Uh, after two shooting schools and uh, a lot of training from both of you um, and a guy that uh, used to be a SEAL, it was incredible. Well, th this Absolutely incredible. What, what was unique, though, in the fact that this, this deer hunt was different than every other deer hunt? you've ever been on so you'd never killed an animal with what you've never killed a big never game killed animal. an animal with a rifle you'd never kill right. an animal with a high I mean, power well, rifle a big game animal a big right game a big game animal yeah yeah you I shot, mean, shot coyotes, coyotes shot and coyotes, fox shot and... Crow, whatever you know a 308 and what else uh, had you never done out west no never not like that not when you can see 25 miles five different directions and and you know that's just amazing. I mean, but you'd never. Oh, you there's a deer out there at two hundred two you, miles out. You'd never done like a backpack hunt though before. But like you'd this. never killed a big game animal out west, right? No, never. The only thing I've ever shot was prairie dogs and coyotes. Wow, that's so that's pretty cool, Brett. Yeah. So so anyway, we're jumping way ahead. So let's so so you'd never yeah. killed it. You'd never killed a, a a big game animal with a rifle. You'd never killed a big game animal out west. And uh, um, and you'd never really glassed like we did for those few days, and went hunting like we did. No, that was amazing. So what? what Absolutely. I mean, using your glass is. Uh, Brad has said it before on other podcasts. I've never, you know, I've had multiple clients that have listened to podcasts, and you got to practice with your glass. I practice with my glass every night now, after being out there, because oh, there's one. What do you mean? And I, the difference of rolling the binocular just a smidge too far and you miss these horns sticking up out of the stage, sage. And it's like, well, I didn't know it was there. So you back up a little bit more. It's right in this area. Oh, okay. Now I can see it. So that to me was probably the cool it. Now there's a ton of cool things, but it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I think that that's one of the things. It's funny you mention that because we could do a podcast just on glassing and slowing down because, um, you know, letting your eyes do the work is a big part of hunting out west. We know that. 
Right. And, um, and especially when you get older, <laughs> it's easier to want a glass more than one glass. Than, than to hike it? up into the buttes and down the other side of the buttes and all that. <laughs> well, Brett, we'll get to hats off to you. You did a good job. We've had a lot of people that we've got to spend time with, and you, you saw animals pretty well. Yeah, you picked it up super fast. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was funny because what I would do is um, in, in – it was a, you know, so, so Brett and I, so l- l- I should rewind a little bit. Brett's an advisor with us in Iowa and was one of the first guys that I called when I, when we decided to do this. No, 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 no. Stop. I begged to get into this. Begged you. Like I, I called said, you five Brett was days one of the week, first guys. I begged you to get into rolling boats. We're going to make this, we're going to make this known. Finally, after how many years we've been in this, I begged to get into this. So Brett and my wife, Lindley, um, and I all went to the same kindergarten class. As I stated before, I didn't include Lindley in that. But uh, anyway, I went out on a date with Lindley, our, our junior, Milius, senior year. Milius, Maimon, and Miller. It was huh? Milius, oh Maimon, and Miller. And the so um, 3M, that's what 3M's named after in Iowa, right? Our, our football coach. <laughs> that's, it's not as big as Minnesota's, but it's, it's, uh, it's quite an empire. Oh, my God. Our, <laughs> our, our football coach, Fuzzy Gunther. I don't even know if he would like me calling him that. But anyway, what was his first name? Mark. Mark Gunther. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I think I know him better than you did. <laughs> you might you knew him in your own way. Anyway, um, Mark Gunther and uh, um, anyway, he was our football coach. He bet Brett and I that we couldn't get uh, Lindley to go on a date with us. Oh, Brett man. lost that bet. Um, and I won that bet and, uh, he paid up, give me 40 bucks. And so I took Lindley to homecoming and went and dropped her off at the house to go see my girlfriend. And uh, after the date <laughs> and, and Lindley was like, Hey, wait a minute. Um, I'd like another date. And I was like, okay, let's do that. So it's kind of a, a funny thing. Cause Brett and Lindley and I have known each other forever. Um, and, but Brett and Lindley were knew each other better. And I knew my own Lindley for a long time. But the reason I'm telling you this is because then we've worked together in some capacity for almost 30 years because, uh, you worked with us as a licensed investment advisor in, uh, um, in our investment business. And then when we moved back, uh, when we moved out here, uh, after about eight or nine months, um, you had a lifestyle change and you moved back to our hometown, went to work doing what you did before. And then when I started this, um, I had to beg you to, to, to hear <laughs> me, let me tell you what rolling boat, isn't that right? No. I have a question, <laughs> Brett. Do you prefer selling life insurance or hunts? Well, since I never mentioned anything about life insurance, oh. but, um, that but, come from? Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, that's just Brett's or uh, Brad's uh, um, pretentious prickness um, sometimes coming out in him. You know, do you, I mean, pre- you know, do you, it wants to always hover above a little bit. Do you prefer um, sell, uh, selling investments or hunts? Is that better? I don't care what you, but we didn't say anything about life insurance, but no. whatever. Um, I think you, you were life insurance licensed, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you prefer selling uh, hunts or picking teeth? <laughs> I, w- I was, I'm just asking. I was what, making what, conversation. What, what, do you I, prefer, I what do you prefer, Brett? Oh, <laughs> uh, selling hunts. <laughs> it's funny. Cause we actually had that conversation two days ago. Yes, we did. 
Oh, you ask him that? Um, we well, we had a little bit different um, approach to uh, reaching the question <laughs> on which one he enjoys uh, being involved in the marketing of, and uh, um, and which one had different skill sets and what uh, skill sets and fits him better. And uh, we did have the conversation. We spent about 35, 40 minutes on it just uh, Saturday afternoon. So anyway, Bull in a China cupboard. So, so Brett was an advisor with us. He's been an advisor here. Brett did beg me, and to, uh, um, to just so everybody knows, it wasn't that I didn't want to hire Brett. When we first started, we did not have the advisor uh, role available to everybody because we had to get things in place to even pay an advisor to be able to make a sale, and we had to have a menu item for them to sell from, and we didn't even have any of that set up. This has been an arduous process to get this company put in place to have a, a sales opportunity or a booking agent opportunity. So, um, but Brett did did beg us to get started because he was he was one of the first ones that said, "Dude, this fits me like crazy." And Brett, you've been all in ever since. So, been a blast. The yeah. whole ride has been a complete blast. So tell us about your hunt out here. Uh, the hunt out there. Draw a preference point the year before. Next year, draw a tag. I'm coming to Montana. Stay in South Dakota. We head out, drive along the river. Bunch of deer. Looking, looking, looking. Could have been over with it. I don't know, 8 in the morning. <laughs> That's it's right. Like, we had that and my concept my concept of being back here is if you see something that's good or better you're going to take it and at that point in time i mean the opportunities were there and it was like do i really want this over with i mean i've got 4 or 5 days i'm out there do i really want this over with in an hour i mean they were all there and uh it's just like no or, or you know, and I have clients too. That's like you turn down the first day, and you don't see a deer for the next six days. It's like, oh my gosh, do you do you turn this away? And I did. I don't know if I told both of you this or might have. I know we've talked so much, but my full intention was to come out there and learn, bar none, because I've spent four or five years now accumulating a rifle, good optics, uh, boots, whatever it might be, the, everything it takes to do it. Now it's like, are we going to use this all up in an hour? That would have been, I, I don't know. It would have been interesting. Did it turn out after three days of being out there with you and being able to spend time? Yeah, I shot my deer the first day. Well, that, we'll tell the rest of that story later. But, um, you know, and then to get in on Bailey's deer also on Friday when we were out there after, you know, glassing all day Thursday and driving around with you guys was just, ah. I got I had black spots around my eyes from having my glasses up there the whole time because every time we saw a deer, where and I'm looking through the backs of you two's heads in the front of the thing. It's like, well, here we go. Did you see that? No, but hey, it was a ball. I I want to learn. Period. That's what whatever it is. And Brad said that multiple times on the podcast. Acquisition of a target and then getting to know your class. Getting to know your class. And you said it earlier. Slow down that's that's amazing it really is well i think for us you know um target acquisition we see it all the time because brad and i you know at the shooting schools are always you know helping people go did you see that did you see that and it what happens is they they can't find it especially at level two where we go up into the buttes yes that's uh that's a wake that's upper. no fun 
Um, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's a lot of fun because I like that. I like that one a lot, Brett. Just and, so you know, and their silhouette targets. It's not like they're not sitting there like a regular animal. So we we've actually got it laid out almost identical. Like actually, every one of those stations has a hunt uh, attached to what we you know uh, have. It's attached to a specific hunt that we had in mind to have people go. Okay, here's a, a meal scenario. Deal, a scenario. Yeah. Yep. And Brian is mean enough that he made me paint white, That's a ball. white That's colors the, on that the deer because they were was, they were too hard to see. <laughs> well, the problem with that we have yeah. we have one mule deer up there, and literally it would take us talk about target acquisition. It would take us like we'd put it in the spotting scope and said, "See it," and they'd be like, "No." And it's no. six hundred a six hundred and fifty yard no. shot. Oh, oh, I do see it. It's right next to that clump. It looks just like a clump. I'm like, yeah, it looks like a deer clump. Yeah, yeah. And then they take it off and they put their binoculars on it. Like, shit, I can't find it. And it's a 10-minute process yeah. to get them to find it in their binoculars. Yeah, then yeah. they lay down and try to find it in their scope. So I'm like, Brad. Or Brad yeah, steel silhouettes. I mean, they're and they're just a so we paid mule a white deer, whitetail, <laughs> bear. You know, the course has elk. It's got moose. It's got wolves, coyotes, prairie dogs. So, I mean, <laughs> they just look like it's a real deal, right? And yeah. some, and, and we I'm shot sure. those a year ago, remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cuz cuz Brad and I, I had our little reunion. Yeah, we had a we had a, that a, was a, ball. a Hunter's that High was School a ball. reunion with uh, Craig Mockles, you Troy, uh myself and Brad. Yep. He didn't go to high school yeah, with Brad us. Yeah, Brad got but enlightened. He's the same age. <laughs> well, yeah, I had to you Iowa, got a Iowa boys are a rough a rough crew just <laughs> to just let you know. <laughs> anyway, oh. that's not the first time Brad told us that. <laughs> So you're you're right. So target acquisition is a big part of it. But by day two, like Brad said, you you were getting it. You were seeing things just as fast. And uh, then you'd be looking around, and, and we'd be here. We'd hear this from the from the side. There's I think there's a deer, you know, to the right coming up the draw, and we'd be like, "Well, damn, Brett, that's good. You found that one too." So it was <laughs> it, it was good. You did a great job. The, that more that first morning we went down the river. And uh, we slow, we slow moved down the river um, from a distance, and we found a really nice white, super tall white horn four point. Um, you know, probably that one sixties type buck, and uh, he was a really good buck. Um, and he was an older deer. That was hard. It was an older. That deer. was hard. <laughs> that was hard. And uh, yeah, I was actually a little surprised you said no. I was going to talk you out of it, but I was checking your temperament. For murder. It's, 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 we were an hour, and I, oh, I, I don't know. It's you know, you weren't you I, weren't feeling you know, bloody yet. Was were right you? in what I was thinking we were going to shoot. So it just depends on your mood. That's the way I've noticed. If but Brad, Brad, if, Brad, sometimes getting the mood. If I'm in the right mood, you don't have to do too much encouragement on me, Brett. <laughs> Get that puppy done. So anyway, so we left there, went up into the buttes. The funny thing was, is we got up into the buttes and we'd seen deer from a, a long ways away, and um, but man, they were they were pretty they were pretty skittish. Um, the one heard the buggy from like two miles away, and he got up and and he he reeled, man. He is, I'm out of here. And we were like, and we saw him before he saw us, but then we thought we'd cut the distance just to see what we, he was because he was two miles, so we could see a frame. We knew he had, um, uh, you know, an. Uh, it, we knew he was a more mature buck. Not for sure what he was, and he ended up being the same caliber of deer was on the on the um, on the riverbed, um, but that one sixty class deer. But anyway, we moved in, and, and we have a we have a little saddle 
um, that we like to go to that we always see deer at. And Brad and I like to crawl up in this saddle and go glass the backside of this whole big long ridge. And it's got a lot of cover in it, a lot of, mm-hmm. doesn't it? A lot of cover, a lot of terrain. It's just a neat place. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a really fun hunt. It's That's my favorite place up there. So we always glass it from the face before we enter it and try to find out what, and then there's two big, there, there's, there's, there's the bench that we look at, which is in front of a big old wall, and that usually holds deer, and then the drainage is out of the bench. And then there's the buck hole to the left that we have, that we, how many bucks we crawled in there, got in their living room. We were like 30, 40 yards from bucks. Mm-hmm. How many bucks were in there that day? We named it the buck. Hole. <clears throat> the, well, it, you know, it depends on the year, I guess. But that one day we crawled in there and we had deer, deer, deer right. buck, 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 buck. And then they all funneled out. Yeah. There was a dozen probably. Yeah. I want to say it was more than eight <clears throat> or 10. Think, it was a lot. And you know, it's been a, it's the, the, we've had these droughts and then we've had EHD and the EHD, you know, they say they don't affect the mule deer, but they, they affect them to a certain extent because we had this great big old buck and he had no horns. And he would look at us up in there. And you could see where his pedicles yeah. had been in the years past. Yeah. A big old big old, Yeah. Sweet, yeah. He was just an old deer. And he would look at us. It was the weirdest thing. And we'd, we saw him about three days in a row up in there. Yeah, he was just off. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so that's the buckle. So we just glass the front of that. And what we really do, if it's just Brad, Brad and I, <laughs> unless we're looking for a specific buck, which we're always looking for that specific mm-hmm. buck that might show up, we always also try to find our approach and pick around the deer so we can get to the east side of it so we can do a couple coyote sets uh, without blowing all the deer out and pushing them on the neighbors. So we have a strategic approach to this, and we usually use it consistently throughout the season because we don't like to booger things up and we don't want to move the deer off of us. Now you'd say you have 80,000 acres and you're worried about moving the deer off of you. I know it sounds crazy, but, but yeah. yes. Okay. Very cautious. We're very cautious. So in low impact, I mean, so we, 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 it's, we buggy, but it's too big not to, cause I mean, you can't even horseback across that stuff. It just beat you and the horses up. I mean, you'd have to, well, it's a day across. The yeah, day. I mean, you'd have to have, you'd have to have two horses, a guy almost to to do it legitimately. So, I mean, we buggy, but then we're pretty low impact and quiet and sneaky. Um, and once we get to the places where we hunt, which is where where you were, and that's where you shot your buck, Brett. So we crawled up to the perch, and there is one little spot that you can't see. And um, on this saddle, I shouldn't say the perch, we call up into the saddle and there's one spot you can't see. And we always look in that spot. Um, you were with Jon Snow the day before you took over with Jon Snow. Um, we had a buck right there bedded right across that. And um, because there's that deep cut, it's a big gut that mm-hmm. comes up through there. And so we're always looking. Well, I looked across there and uh, um, I saw a deer pushing another deer, um, a buck. And I threw the binoculars up and he had a, he had a, great frame and i was like you know that i it got me excited i was like okay that's a deer we're gonna go see if we can kill and so then brett was all excited he gets out i said get your pack be real super quiet um and i'm gonna jump over and uh um, do a little glassing you can come over 
And Brett didn't come. Brett didn't come. And I looked behind me, and I'm like, what the hell? And Brett's on the fence line looking back where heaven um, met the skyline where that other deer was. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I know he's wondering, what the hell are you doing? You just said we're going to go after that buck. Now you're sitting out here for 15 damn minutes glassing a whole other area. And then so I come back. He goes, are we going? I said, we're going. So we took off. Um, and uh, But we just left the buggy, and we ran that fence line, the pasture fence line there straight to the west we left the buggy mm -hmm. and i told him don't take your don't take your uh, um pack because what i thought was we'd go that three quarters of a mile crawl up and i thought he'd be in that bowl where the only place we can't see um i thought he'd have that doe pin down in that bowl and so he didn't have the doe pin down in the bowl oh so you left your packs i left our we left our packs cardinal sin rule breaking number one <laughs> You're wishing you had your packs a couple hours later, huh? So we, we crawl up in there, <laughs> and I peek over. I see three deer. Buck's bedded up at a high point. He's got the advantage, and uh, there's a doe and a fawn bedded below him. And I'm like, yeah. And they are right at the access point to that bowl back there where you can't see no, no matter where you're at. And I was like, so I told Brett, we got to belly crawl up here, get up high, because we're going to bump that deer. And if we bump him, we want to be above him to see have him run down and not over and blow everything out with him. So we had a 50-50 shot, but that's all we could do. And we knew that big deer was in there. So we crawled up as high as we could, belly crawled, heated, and we took probably 30, 40 minutes. He didn't really wasn't too worried about us, and he never bolted out of there. He just knew something wasn't right, that we were coming up through the rocks, and he just stood up. And uh, um, actually, we never we saw him stand up, but we never saw him leave because by the time we got out, he was gone. And then we got in there, and the, 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 the doe and the fawn, we got within 20 yards of them. They were like, holy shit, you guys got close. And they boogered out and went exactly where we wanted them to go. Right, right. Brett? Yep. And so. Yeah, I thought we were done. So we go, we get to the back, no big buck, jamming a doe. And I'm like, crap. Okay, well, let's just go over the saddle and see what happens. And so there's that big cliff saddle that we always look over and peek to the other side. Right. <clears throat> And actually, I don't even know if it's the saddle if it's not just a butte break in the point you look over. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a saddle that's impassable though. You hardly yeah. have in there's it it's too straight down. It's there, too saddle. rugged and I mean it's kind of a saddle, but there's not a lot that comes back and forth through it. No, and it's that it, it, this, so this country has these little round white rocks all over, and it's this limestoney stuff, and it is slicker than snot. I mean, you can. You can just be standing there, and you just start sliding down. It's just like, it's really crazy. So, but once in a while, deer, deer and stuff cruise through there. But it's a good spot. It's a good access spot. It is a great to the other side of that, yeah. basically that steep ridge, and it is a marble face. But it's they're like standing on. Marbles. It's dicey if you decide to go that way. It's uh, absolutely. It's got to be the weather's got to be perfect because you don't want to. And if there are deer, there's usually deer down in those uh, cuts. Mm -hmm. And and then what we do is we peek over and see what's down there before we go all the way past it, go down another mile and come back. So anyway, we looked over, and Brett's, like, ready to pass out because what do we see on the other side, Brett? <laughs> A really big coyote. <laughs> so Brett's and like he, was, he was prime, not running, I mean – 
in Iowa, when you see a coyote like that, he's got a vapor trail behind him. And this one was just sitting there looking at me going, He was sitting there begging like to put one in me. Begging for a bullet, huh? <laughs> As Brad always he was, says. He was asking. He was begging for a bullet. And I always say to Brad. He borderline had a sign on his forehead. Yeah, I guarantee you that. Brad, that doesn't. I tell Brad all the time. I don't see anything that says, I'm begging for a bullet, Brad. I, I just don't see a sign there. Brad. Brett was having the same sediments as Brad had. Just, just, just a little more experience, for- Brian, and you'll figure that you'll <laughs> see the signs. So we got this, coy- <laughs> we got this coyote down there. There's no deer, but there's a coyote. I range him. I think he was actually. I didn't range him. I asked Brett. I said, Brett, range him. What was he? Three twenty-five. No, 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 no. I know exactly because I had it dialed up already. It was over four. Okay, so it was over 400 yards. So still just not very far. Okay, quarter mile. Less no, quarter. It was, I was ready. There was no doubt. I was laid into it. So I said, lay down, put him in your scope, don't shoot him yet. And, uh, um, <laughs> and um, I was just going to engage in a little bit of an activity to see what was around. Anyway, um, the coyote stops, spins his head around, and then lays right down. And I said, I said to Brett, I said, that's not the dominant coyote. And he's like, how do you know that? And I goes, because the dominant coyote, uninterrupted, absolutely outmousing, would have been on his way to me in one second. He was yeah. the, the he was a subdominant he's animal. Like, I don't want to get my butt kicked today. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just need a mouse. I don't need a whooping. He's, he's like that coyote. The first thing that went through his mind when he looked back was, mm, "That's super tempting, but I'm not getting my ass kicked today." <laughs> and so he goes. <laughs> so he just kind of hunkered down, looked back at us, like, mm, "Let me see what happens." Then pretty soon we saw his ears pop up, and I was like, "Oh man, maybe there's another coyote hard charging in. That's the boss." And then I'm like, I hit Brad on the, or Brad on the shoulder, and I'm like, dude. Um, and I thought it was a coyote at first, but it wasn't. So in comes a doe, and she would like to come visit us. And this doe was in a hurry to come visit us. And uh, anyway, um, right behind the doe, I look, and there was a buck jamming her. Just every time that deer moved, that other deer moved. Every time the doe moved, the buck moved. And I was like, I looked at him, I'm like, Brett, 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 here's your buck, here's your buck. Because he had a big frame right away, I could see. I was like, dude, this thing's got a big frame. Yep. And Brett's like, where? I'm like, right there. He's like, so he gets down, and we're not, we're on the flat of that um, saddle. So we're, we can see out, but she really can't see down. And that doe is coming in, and she's on a string, and that buck is right behind her. And uh, anyway, um, I'm like, so you were on top of the set that you were going to shoot from. The I was top on that knife's s- edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not much of a. No, I was on that <laughs> knife's edge right there, and so, but it was just enough that Brett had to get over, and then you know how there it goes down pretty steep, pretty mm-hmm. fast, right? Yeah, it does. So Brett had to get over, and then uh, um, I was like, "Do you like him?" I go, "Whoa, whoa don't, no, hold on," and and then I said, "They're coming in. We're okay." Um, and I said, do you like him? And he's like, yeah, I like him. And then, then Brett, you tell him what happened. Well, then we had to move ahead again because we got cliffed out. And you started screaming and yelling and poking me in the chest. and poking Probably me in the not, or the deer would have ran. But you kept poking me. You're like, you got to move, got to move, got to move. So I had to move forward again. Had him. I mean, it was all, I was on him the whole time. It was like, this is going to be something really cool i mean all you could see was 
His neck looked like a giraffe sticking straight out. And then the horns made up the whole scope. And it was just, uh, ah, yeah, we're going to do this. And when you said it was, uh, I mean, cause you, he's outside of his ears. And when I saw that, that was like, yep, it's time. And then the, the Roman nose is what gave it away. When you can see the Roman nose on him, I'm like, yeah, that one's fun. So we first saw him, he was probably 325, the deer were, 330. <clears throat> he was coming towards you. Yeah, they came around that. There's that finger that goes out in that butte that sticks way out where you can't see mm -hmm. back to the right. Like at 1 o'clock or that, whatever. Yes, yeah. exactly, on that wall. Mm -hmm. The coyote was down on the farthest flat where it just starts to get roly-poly out there. And so he came around that point when I first saw him. So he was at like 325. And I was like, okay. But just like most scenarios, it doesn't work out. Like I was expecting him to turn broadside <laughs> at 250 and then just let that six Creedmoor eat. Yep. Well, that didn't happen. Then, then shit got real, real fast because Brett's zoomed in to shoot him at 325 to 250. And now within seconds, he's inside of 175 yards and, uh, and hard charging coming. So what happened? Yeah. Brett? Um, horns in the scope and, uh, it was time to pull the trigger. So we put one in him and, uh, that six Creedmoor, I don't know. Anybody that wants to shoot a 30 out six or a 308 or whatever else. Go ahead and do it. I'm fine. I watched it. The whole thing. <laughs> so, Brett, you're... That's the coolest thing in the world. What are you, 6'1", 6'2", 6'2", maybe? How tall are you, Brett? Oh, six foot now. Six Drinking foot. Drinking like a rock. <laughs> but but Brett's a big Iowa corn-fed boy. I mean, just oh, yeah. a big stout. So, if you if you don't get this, I mean, what do, what do you weigh now? Two, I mean, you're a solid, solid dude. And you're not big. 225. 225. Muscular, athletic dude, even though he's 54 now. <laughs> but Brett was a jump out of the gym athlete in high school. I really mean, good athlete. And yeah. he's not begging to shoot a 300 win mag anymore, is he? I mean, <laughs> that, that, that six Creedmoor was all that deer could handle. That right? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. There's a rocket. Did you have a rifle? Did you own a rifle? Uh, 10 years ago in Iowa? Before the 6th Creedmoor? Yeah, I had a 308. Oh, a 308. Well, that's a good rifle, too. I mean, yeah. But that 308, so it, it, your 308's not much fun to shoot anymore after shooting the 6th Creedmoor, though, I suspect. Is that, I mean, that's... Oh, it's gone. Oh, it's gone? It's you don't gone. even have it? No, <laughs> I ain't shooting that. <laughs> well, it's funny. In, in, you know, here's the thing. The six Creedmoor is not the be-all, end-all to every gun caliber in the world. Obviously, we really like it. I personally like it. It's my favorite caliber. Brett has one. Um, and uh, I, will I lived on a 7mm for quite a few years, too. Yeah. Super good caliber, yes. too. 7mm is a great caliber for sure. I've, I've killed probably... Well, I'm starting to get as many big game animals with a six as I am a seven, but um, especially after this year with uh, the moose at 600 yards with the six Creedmoor. I know I've gotten some hate mail about that, especially from outfitters. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, so here here's the reality though. That deer was coming in, following that doe. That doe wanted to be a part of our party, or at least to see what our party was. And um, the buck, the problem was every time the doe moved, the buck moved, and, the, uh, and they had no idea we were there. So, Brett, the buck was quartering to us, 
and um, not super hard, but fairly hard. The problem was right when you squeeze the trigger, uh, the buck took a step. And with it quartering to him, he caught the back half. He caught that back rib in its paunch. And um, I thought he blew the hind leg off. I absolutely, if I would have had to bet at that point my buggy or uh, 10 days worth of hunting on the ranch, I would have bet my buggy and 10 days of hunting on the ranch that he blew the back leg off. Hmm. Interesting. You were... You you had your spotting scope or just I have binoculars. my binoculars, uh-huh. and so and then I saw him run across us with a bullet in him, and I knew he got hit hard because it mm-hmm. was like his I thought his back leg got thrown like blasted off. Well, one thing about Brett's rifle is it's impolite. So even for you glassing, you you had to bark. You had to bark to contend there, with. There's so that, a little bit of reaction yeah. to it because so, it, it, it is broke. Cause, cause, it has a break on Yeah, because we're used to shooting polite rifles yeah, with shoot. each other, and it just <laughs> ma- it makes a difference. Yeah, it sure does, especially the guy spotting right. because you're not interrupted with some type yep. of inherent reaction right. to that concussion. And I was sitting right next to him, you know, because yeah. I, was, I, was, I wasn't yelling at him because the deer would have boogered up, but I was yelling at your grade school buddy, get your Damn scope extended out. Put zoom your power down. Get your ass up there a little closer. Are you Bipod. shoot this thing? Bipod. Bipod. Get Rear your pot. Come on, Brad. scope level. And I'm like, and I'm like, what a dick I am. This guy's never shot uh, anything with his rifle. He's never shot a deer out west. And I'm acting like uh, he should be murdering these things like it's his job. And uh, of course, I wasn't proud of myself at that moment. But I learned that because Brad does the same thing to me. He screams at me all the time. I don't usually scream. I talk quietly. <laughs> But with it's, with with uh, it, meaning, it, it's you. It's usually me. I get excited and I get a little terse. Okay, during those moments because I want to get that animal, and the competitor in me, a competitor in me, takes over. Anyway, we digress. I could have swore it blew off its back leg. There was a leg-sized membrane hanging out of the rear part of its body, that I was like, no way. And the deer ran by me, and I was like. So we relive the moment. We give it 20, 30 minutes. I said to Brett, okay, Brett, did you see it hit? Yes. So you saw it blow its back a leg off. He said, no, Brian, I didn't. I swear to you, I hit it right. I didn't hit it where I was aiming. I, he said it moved right when I shot. He goes, that deer started pushing that doe again. Right when I squeezed the trigger. And I said, okay, I saw that. But do you think you hit the back leg? No, Brian, I don't. I think I hit it right behind that last rib. What power were you on with your scope, Brett? Do you remember any idea? He was all the way down, weren't you? Yeah, we were down. I was down at like eight or ten. So you had a great field of view on. And how far was oh, the shot? Oh, I had everything. He, I mean, he's shooting that um, six and a half, that three, uh, um, six uh, to tw- twenty, six to twenty, six to twenty. Yeah, yeah. So twenty-four. He was, yeah, yeah. Six to twenty-four. So he was on. Um, he, it's twenty-four. Is it twenty-four or twenty? Yeah. I think. It, yeah, I think. It, um, so he was on, uh, he was towards the bottom. I know for sure. Cause oh, I yeah. saw it. So it's you, my old scope. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you were, it's one with a real meaty dial. Yeah. That was my the, favorite ever. That was the VX three LRP VX three LRP. Yeah. yeah. My favorite scope yep. ever. Yeah. That was a really that's, nice. That's the scope. I really like that turret. Well, that was, so you, you had a, you were rock solid. So you could tell where you hit it. You knew where that bullet, you just followed that bullet right until it hit that animal. You saw the bullet. I hit. watched. I watched everything. Yeah. So how far was it again? 
160. 160. So, and you were able to follow the bullet. That's that's really nice. That's a nice thing about it. And so you got. That's you, because Brad taught me how to stay in the rifle. <laughs> so that he is we a good go instructor. Back on that issue too, the day he chewed me out a year ago shooting prairie dogs and we had a little issue and he told me i had to grow up and start over again so <laughs> oh oh okay so then it's not just me maybe it's you brett because the both of us have had to give you sharp yeah, instructions I, <laughs> like the redheaded stepchild with you two we expect a lot out of you yes brett. <laughs> yes you're you're one of our top advisors ever we expect you we expect you to rock and roll when this happens but brother. so this deer these deer this was a mature mule deer buck probably that deer because that was a that was an older deer i'm guessing that went you know that was probably a 270 pound deer yeah well i don't know but we know it was heavy because here's what happened we go down there we look for blood we look for deer on the two uh um on the first two uh basically guts and cuts that come out of those crags mm -hmm. in the in the buttes and Brett's like, who? Damn glad it didn't die clear down there. It'd take us a month to get it out. And I'm like, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. I don't think <laughs> where, are they, the, where do you think he's going to go? Seriously, huh? that was the deepest thing I've ever yeah. seen. And, and Brett was like, dude, that would suck. I'm like, I'm, let's just say a little thanks right now. He's not down there. Okay. <laughs> so then we couldn't find any blood. So then um, I was like, Brett, go stand where he was. So we went back. And I found, you know, the one thing about that gumbo out there is you can see where the tracks are. Right. Sometimes in a hurry. Uh, I picked up his track. We started following his track. And then pretty soon I found um, I found a bunch of green blood. Um, and I was like, OK, well, this is a gut shot animal for sure. And then I found more. And then I found it spraying both sides. And then he was coming out on a, on a on a he was running down a pretty good bench and he'd ran about 150 200 yards. We'd followed him, and then there was a place where you could go out on the point or you could go off into a deep ravine. And then we lost his tracks. And then I saw him down that deep ravine. I told Brett, I said, "Get that scope on low power. Get ready. He's right down here." And we took one more step, and he was right down there. But he wanted to go nowhere. Right. He took like three bounds and stopped when he knew we saw him and he saw us. And he was like, could you shoot me now? He, now, not, then he was begging for a bullet, Brad. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing of that is good for you, Brett. You know, because there's, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. You know, you have taken a lot of pride in your marksmanship. And you spent a lot of time with that rifle. And then you you go out into the field. You're not on a bench anymore. You're not laying down prone on a flat level surface. You had a lot going on, and things are happening fast. Your adrenaline's pumping, but that uh, you know, un unfortunately, you were shooting a match bullet, right? Oh wait, you got full penetration on a gut shot animal through through a, ga a grass sack um, at 150 yards, and it I mean, it wrecked him. It wrecked him. He, he couldn't even. He couldn't even function. I mean, it was. You know. I mean that. I mean, it just can happen. You, you know, take one step. One step at 150 yards, and all of a sudden, that's just long enough. The perfect shot's no longer perfect. But you, you couldn't have asked for too much more with with what you had going for you the caliber know? and bullet performance was amazing because even though the deer took a step it did catch that back rib it had uh on part of the liver and uh um and it had its paunch open wide up 
what what that was that leg that was the greater momentum immediately its gut was hanging yeah. out in, the, the and whole. It, it was it, it was i mean it was his rumina yeah and it was it was completely out of him um not out completely but a big enough it looked piece like was, it was a leg like huh? it Flopping. looked like it was a leg and so it was uh um in some of his intestines and the reason i know it was both of them is because when i went to gut him i pulled him back out the hole to pull him out to get rid of him to shuck him off the side so he basically had two buttholes um the one we bunged and then the hole that brett made on the far side and on the front side and it did. It opened that up, and it just had all of that garbage coming out of it. So it looked like a leg that he was carrying yeah. immediately. That's how much that bullet performed at, at that place. I thought it was amazing. So, oh, Hornady's on a great job. <laughs> Hornady. So so then so then he got shot again. He went up and he laid down. Um, he took maybe twenty steps, and he laid down on a uh, um, game trail on a sheer cliff face. And uh, he expired right there. What did he do when he finally took his last breath there, Brett? He rolled into a bigger hole. <laughs> Gra- person, gravity's a bitch, every isn't person, it? <laughs> every client you have, every podcast you guys have had, every guy that I know that goes hunting, whatever else, it always rolls into a deeper hole. It, it runs to a deeper hole. And I'll be dang. If it doesn't roll into a sixty foot straight up and down hole, I said flat to, out. I said to Brett, if there's any luck, and first of all, we wanted we wanted to enjoy the moment, hug, high five, two grade school buddies, you know, before grade school, grew up together, been in business together. I mean, brothers, right? I said to Brett, we high five for a moment, we give each other a big old bro hug. I look over, I said, Brett. By the grace of God, that sucker died right there and stayed because if he would have died not there on that cliff, he'd be down in that shit, and we do not want him down there. And we start hiking over there, and Brett goes, I think he's still a little alive. I said, there's no way. And I look up, and I'm like, holy shit, he's dying now. And when he let go, flopped. Oh. He was like a snowball headed for hell right down the middle of the bottom of that. And Brett and I couldn't do nothing but sit there and go, no, no, don't, don't do that. I should have took off running after him, but it would have been bad. So then Brett's like, I can get him out of this hole. You know, Mr. Muscles. So he goes to grab him, puts his leg in his back. I said, Brett, hold on, I'll get it. I got it. Like Hercules, let me at this thing. I'm like, all right, Brett, whatever. Don't let me get down there. Go ahead and give it. And he, he's like, something wrong with my legs. <laughs> um, he, he looks at his biceps. He looks at his legs. He goes, what's wrong with me? God, I hate getting old. He gives it everything he's got again. And Brett's a horse. I mean, he's the strongest kid on our football team, one of the strongest kids on the college football team. I mean, he's just, I mean, that, in, in, in just. No. No. That's I know one truth. thing. It's not an Iowa whitetail. Uh, exactly. He goes, this isn't an Iowa whitetail. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm like, Brett, this is going to take both of us to get it out of there. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, what are you thinking? I said, eight feet at a time, <laughs> straight up. We just go to there, and then I'll hold it, and then you get repositioned. And, then you and, grab you, and you're just trying to get it to a place where you can manage it and slice and dice. 
Yeah. Because this thing's going into pieces in your pack. Well, he was in such a crevice, Brad. Well, you know what it looks like down <laughs> no, there. He no. was in such a crevice that we couldn't – I mean, we did have to get him up seven to eight feet to just a little draw where Brad or Brett could hold on to his horns. Right. And I gut him out and let gravity do its job. Does that make sense? Yeah. So oh, I just, that, was, that was awesome. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. That's not how you usually do it in Iowa, huh? Two cuts and <laughs> – well, they well, just come – I bunged him. I opened him up. I pulled the bung out first. And uh, then I uh, went up there and opened his diaphragm up, cut his esophagus, and I just did one pull. <laughs> there was so much gravity that they just went – right now. Hey, he's sitting on a 60-degree angle. <laughs> right. So Brett's like, that'll make it easier. And then we started <laughs> Then we started hiking him out of there. So we took us about 30 minutes to get him up out of there, and then we had to get him on a flat to get him cut up. Yeah. Guess what we don't have? You don't have the guts to deal with anymore. That's right. But what else yeah. don't we have, Brett? Packs. Backpacks and headlamps. Backpacks and headlamps. You didn't have your headlamps in your backpacks? I just got home from Tajikistan, and I took all those oh. extra bags out, and I threw them on my thing, and I thought <laughs> I'd put that little, you know, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> God, he's laughing with oh. such joy for us. Well, I, I, well, I gave you one of, where were we at? I gave you one of my headlamps. Yeah, well, that was on in one. that bag, too. Oh, that was, my gosh. I've had that headlamp since you gave it to me. It's no, I mean, headlamp. this year, you were, you were short a headlamp again this year, and I carry... I always have two I or three remember. lights. Well, you have a light in your pocket. You're fucking G.I. Joe. I mean, you are MacGyver. There's not a question. That's the great thing about having you around is you're like MacGyver. You know, you always got shit in there. So anyway. <laughs> MacGyver. Don't you remember McDana. McDana. Exactly. Uh, that's, McDana. that's my dad. Well, that, my dad you. is the McDana. Do, do you have a – Do you have a? Do, hold on. Hold on. For everybody listening, do you have a light right now? Bleep. Does huh. he – Bleep, did he pull out a light out of his pocket? He did. I can attest to that. I actually don't like this one very much. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> he didn't like it. It's mine now. <laughs> anyway, um, Brad, Brad's like McDana, right? He's like MacGyver. He's always got shit for everything, which I appreciate, okay? Anyway, we don't have headlamps. We don't have backpacks. And we are two miles now from the buggy. In the nasties. In the nasties, the marble slick faces. I wrote yeah. that down. What time? And it is uh, about 45 minutes before dark, maybe an hour. So I got to – oh, actually, I can tell you. So, Brett, what were you thinking at that moment while I look up what time it yeah, was? Yeah, because you, you had service and you called. I texted and you it and was, Lindley immediately. And it was almost dark. I was like, ooh. I, I didn't – yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's going to be a haul. Here's Brett's. And then, you know what? The only thing I didn't appreciate about Brett's hunt is that he looks like he's taking linebacker pictures for um, by um, Bleep when he was in high school for the KWWL lineup for Friday night heroes shots because he can't smile. He Look look at his, look at Miller's face. He just kills the oh biggest buck of his life. And he's ba like – Bailey he's always like, says, why does he always look angry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks like somebody's <laughs> His cornflakes, and he's mad and looking for that guy. So the exact time of this picture, okay, which that deer was gutted, was five nineteen in the evening afternoon. 
and we got to go up over those buttes, down the saddle, over on the other side of the other buttes, get the buggy, get the packs, and get back. So what I did was I went back, got the buggy, tried to get as close as we could to, and, and drive it so in the light we didn't have to go in the dark. I found out we had no headlights, looked at our, lamp, our, our, uh, um, our phone lights, see how much phone lights we had, and we took off, and we hiked all the way out, and then we hiked all the way back, and we were headed in to go get him at 5.38. Oh, actually, that was when we hit to the top of the fence. Yeah, because you don't have your buggy. packs yet. Yeah, we don't have our packs so, yet. So, it was probably a, an hour to get back to your yeah. packs. It was and dark. Back and then there. So we had ten, you didn't you didn't have a light either, Brett? No, Brett didn't. Have a you light. got you, you've acquired all this gear. You got to throw a couple lights in there, man. I, I, I was in the hotel. We'll talk. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to man up. So we get back to the animal. He's sitting there, and uh, it's getting dark. And I told Brett, twenty minutes we'll have him caped. His head will be off. He'll be coyote gutted, and we'll have done a better job than most butchers do having him cleaned up. And he'll be in our packs and out of here. You forget Wang had to take 150 pictures before we got out of there, too. So. Yeah, we, we took those before we went back to get the pack because we had good light. So, oh, yeah. So we get there. We got How long did it take to get him uh, broke down in, uh, in our packs? Do you remember? Less than, less than 40 minutes. Yeah, it was like 37 minutes we had him done. He was, he was ready to go, and he was nice. really cleaned up. And he was in our backpacks. And uh, th then Brett got a lesson on backpacks. That was amazing. I've never seen that before either. I mean, I've broke down tons of deer, but how to, you know, not tube, but cape and do those parts is, I, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I learned a lot there. Because we caped him out right there. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, they tube him in Iowa. Oh, well, that's fine, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just different, right? You don't tube it in the middle well, of nowhere. It's just something else to put in your quiver is to try. And yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good because you just never experienced that. So you got the full Monty in one night. And then Brett, as, as a good student would, buys the right pack. Right. So he had the right stuff minus the headlamp. Mystery, <laughs> minus the headlamp. <laughs> he had a Mystery Ranch Metcalf. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, okay, you got to set this up. And I said, I will sometime this weekend before we went out. Well, then I'm like, we should have done this before it was dark. Okay, because now <laughs> I'm just throwing shit away off his pack because he's got all of the cinch strap Yeah, holders, they have all those little Velcro, Velcro, yeah, Velcro tag, holders. tag things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, you've never, you never even. No. Well, you know what? At least it was in good condition when you got there to. <laughs> It, it got it got de-virginized fast. Oh. So we got Way fast. we got it pulled apart. We got it fitted for him. Brian's yeah. Brian's ripping stuff and <laughs> getting the plate out and getting it adjusted and throwing exactly. stuff away. Oh, we did it right there. We got him all set up, and then about halfway home, um, he's like he was falling back. And Brett's Brett's a I mean Brett is not a pansy. Right. And and if there's any way to uh, uh, to be right that on your pack heels. slid that pack slid in the first twenty feet, all right. I got back to the buggy and I asked you, I don't think this is right when it's sitting on your hips. No, I know there that's what I was going to say. There was more pain I've had in thirty years, <laughs> more pain, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to yell at him and tell him to come back here. I am going to suck it up and we're going to get out of here. And I was oh. just marching on. All it was was uphill with 
five inches of mud stuck to my feet and those stupid marbles. And I'm going to, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this. So he's having the same self-talk we all do on sheep hunts and backpack hunts. Oh, <laughs> and he's back there. Self-talk. And I'm like, brother, are you going to make it back there? Yeah, I'm mine. He's just like, and so then we With get a cell phone light that <laughs> I can't see eight feet in front of me. And and we got a ravine. We have to make sure we get lower than before we go up, or we get cliffed out. Oh, and then you got to go all the way back down and around because if you get cliffed out, you got to go back three quarters of a mile. Now we're risking getting in at one well, o'clock in the morning. And that's right? and that's not an easy way to go in the dark either. And we don't have a headlamp to project out to go. Oh, that's easy. That big draws right there. We'll go over here. We got stupid little iPhone lights, and we're trying to manage it. So by the grace no of moon, God, no moon, no stars. No moon, no stars. Pitch black, man. So by the grace of God, and the night before that one of the things that drives me craziest about this world we live in is you can have a full moon for five nights in a row and then the next night that some bitch doesn't show up at the same time it's like you know eight nine the moon was later. up on our way back and the moon was up the on our way back away. yeah then we could have seen everything anyway whatever so we're hiking out we're in the sh- we're in the nasties and i look back and we get up to the top i go brett we made it we're, we're, we're where we're supposed to be and we weren't quite back to the buggy. And I looked at him and I go, oh, Brett. He goes, this thing, this thing is right, man. He goes, damn, I'm locking up. I go, oh, Brett, <laughs> Brett, Brett, Brett. I said, I apologize to you. Not that much, though, because I'm pretty happy right now that you got your ass kicked because I'm pretty happy. Anyway, I go, I go, Brett, just t- unbuckle that thing. And I go, pick that thing up and put it just right up under your ribs. And let's tighten it up and have it sit on right on top of your hips. So we cinch that sucker up, and he looks at me. He goes, "What the, the mother? Well, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> right? And you know what? I think Brian probably wanted you to suffer a little bit, <laughs> and then he. But he's at least a good enough friend. It was only for an hour or two that you had to suffer before he got you, before he got your pack fit for you, Brett. I would have done it right away. Oh, that's nice. I would have taken care I'm of sure a you brother." Would've. No, so, he wouldn't have. There was no way I was giving in, though. I yeah, was you not didn't give in. You definitely didn't give in, brother. I didn't probably just say, "What the hell are you doing?" But get your pack set up, Brett. I know one thing: the short, the steps got really short. <laughs> you were not going to be. I mean, you didn't put your foot in front of the other foot. You kept your strides apart because I almost tipped over two or three times because <laughs> it was starting to hurt so bad. But whatever. Well, we got the whole deer out in in uh, one load each, and uh, with the cape, with the uh, head. And uh, um, and it wasn't crazy heavy, but it was pretty steep and marbly, and it's rough country. Well, yeah, that's yeah. You guys have been in way way worse stuff than that little I that little trip. You well, know what? Here's it's, the reality: it's it's, 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 it's it's its own version of tough, though. It is. Because you know, it's, it's it's we're not in any steeper stuff anywhere we go. The difference is is that it's more dramatic. And what I mean by that in Yukon, the fall is four thousand feet straight down. Oh. There there it's there it's only hundred and thirty feet straight down. But the difference between hundred and thirty feet straight down and four thousand feet straight down isn't much when you hit the bottom. You just have more time to think about it on the way down. Huh? <laughs> exactly. And the hundred and thirty feet is a little less intimidating than the four thousand feet straight down but at the end of the day they're both gonna hurt and you don't want to fall off at either one of them and that's not an easy pack out and uh um and we did it so you got you know i I was going through my mind i was going through my mind when i packed it out we have i have multiple clients you guys have done some incredible hunts we've all followed them on the podcast and whatever else but like the harlands down in new mexico every year for 12 years he's shot an elk and it's a family thing 
packing it out. I got back to the hotel and texted her, Edna, this is ridiculous. And I called her on the way home. We talked for an hour on the way home. I'm like, you got to be the toughest lady I've ever met in my whole life. Because that was ridiculous. And, and they do an elk. I get a little itty bitty mule deer. That's crazy. Well, there's there's an art to there's a different art to the elk. I, I, I consider it a family affair, too. But I changed my last name to Equine. <laughs> that, exactly. that's what a horse is for man yeah. i hate packing but elk out brett brett, brett hates horses he was at uh um uh our horse farm growing up many times um and uh, one time he crawled Ooh. on a horse and my uh um jackass father decided to find out if brett could hang on to the horse and slapped it in his ass and brett doesn't like do you like horses brett i hate them <laughs> <laughs> took about a second <laughs> Oh, yeah! They're, I know a lot of they're listeners. Not, they're not. I know for a lot everybody. of listeners on this call. Oh yeah, a lot of listeners gonna be a little upset. No, when I hit the clotheslines, when I hit the clotheslines heading towards the woodshop, <laughs> that was a little upsetting. That's not a good way to start when you're 14 years old. Well, plus, you plus you, you guys or are on 10, thoroughbreds. Probably 10 years old. You know, the there's no thoroughbreds out here. They're all mountain horses. <laughs> yeah, quarter, they're all quarter. No, horses. it wasn't even a funny thing. Here you no. go, Brett. Hang on. So he that did. Wasn't he, funny. he got clotheslined. He got yanked right off. It, it wasn't. But I, I, what I was saying was, I think there's a lot of people. I know we talk to uh, hunters all the time, Brett, on all over the world. And there's there's guys that you either like horses or you don't. And uh, the, well, your guide this year was the first time he's been a guide, killed all kinds of sheep all over. Would rather backpack than uh, um, well, be he, on a horse. Yeah, he's 37 years old and he'd never been on a horse. I mean, that's a. Uh, yeah, uh, and he didn't like horses though. Yeah, but I bet he got to like him by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Definitely. That well, country. we're gonna take Brett on a horseback hunt. He'll he'll like that too. So, Brett, oh, let me ask you this: uh, on, on a scale of one to ten, ten being this was the exact hunt you wanted to have out west. Give us give us your overall rating, one to ten. Um, it's exactly what you were hoping for, and then uh, give us uh, give us what you're thinking. That was a ten. Ten. 10 with uh, and why the was it a 10? years. Well, for the last four or five years, um, I mean, children-wise and my ability to be able to go hunting, I accumulated the things that I needed to be able to do this. My points to do them. Um, I've always wanted to shoot a mule deer. Uh, three shooting schools now, you know, with a rifle and stuff like that has been, it's added to everything that it was um glassing is unbelievable the products that um you know whatever uh, you know the stuff that people wear it was just everything was there and the vastness i mean to see 25 miles all three directions before somebody screams at you we're running up here up that's this fence okay let's go you know that's just what it was get up there so far and then he looks at me he goes you want to let your heart catch up a little bit and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> Because not only were we going, I mean, I was in okay shape. Was I prepared? I mean, I'm on my feet 12 hours a day. It's no big deal. But adding two, that's a big frame deer, 61 times up that hill, your heart rate will go up. It, it has to. Well, there was another reason your heart rate was up, and that's why I ask you. What, what uh, You live at, what, 900 feet above sea level? Yeah. And we were at 4,000. No. Oh. So the air is a little. Didn't thinner. seem that high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem that. High. 
<laughs> but we were, uh, um, you know, and, and your heart rate's up and you're excited. So oh, well, my heart rate was up. I'd have broke, I'd have broke the, the old arm band. I guarantee you that. Cause it was, and all you could hear was that's a big frame deer. That's a big frame deer. That's a big frame deer. Come on, let's go. Gets a big frame deer. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> well, I'd have the, left my boots there. We just took off running. I don't care. Whatever. Let's try it. The reality is, so if I'm hearing you right, you you've had kids the last four or five years, six years. You've had kids in high school. You've had and and one in college, and um, you got them through high school. You got them through college, well into college, and now it was Brett's time. But during that time, you did you you, you bought a rifle, you bought a pair of binoculars, a good pair with this uh, with a rangefinder. You came to two or three shooting schools. Um, you've made extra money at Rolling Bones. You've taken all that money and invested it back into gear and products and your business. And this year, you were in a place that you could come out west and go hunting. Game on. And I got to spend it with a friend and, you know, soak all of your knowledge that you guys, both you and Brad, over the years have done this forever. Or not forever. You didn't do it forever, but Brad has. So, Brad taught you, and I suppose it's just kind of rubbed off. It just just took, like, it was remedial. Well, so I didn't start my career hunting with Brad. I just want you to know that. Um, I started my big game career hunting in Iowa, and then I started going on guided trips when I moved out here. Brad didn't teach me much at all other than uh, how not to get on an airplane the wrong way. So, no, I'm teasing. Um, no, you know what? It One thing that Brad, without question, knows and has been a huge asset for myself and then obviously everybody that's been influenced by the same thing which you're included in that umbrella is the application strategy and points um oh, Brad, Brad, brad's been a student of that since he was in his teens and uh lots um, of knowledge i was just talking about him the other day um and we were talking about bighorn and bighorn hunting and you know 25 years of points and he goes yeah. and draws and I, I i use the example all the time can you imagine the climax of killing an animal that for 25 years you've been in pursuit of that every year you had to pull out a thousand bucks and put it towards the thing knowing you were only going to get 750 back so you have 20 to twenty-five thousand dollars invested into this thing 25 years of time and now you're standing on the side of the mountain ready to go shoot one of these big monsters um, it, it, it's amazing. And you, you, you do know that super well. Well, you have to, to, to be able to hunt out West. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to take over the whole United States at some point. I mean, yeah. you, you're going to have to you either have to do that or yeah. you got to have a lot of money or a combination of both. Yeah. So, but anyway, good for you, Brad. I'm super happy for you. And that's, you know, you, you've, it was a goal that you worked for and it paid off. And, uh, you know, it just, even like for you. Um, one of your best friends is involved in an outdoor business. It didn't happen for you overnight. You know, you spent a lot of time uh, acquiring gear and learning what gear to get. Uh, clearly, you didn't listen to the headlamp part, but, um, <laughs> I mean, there's only so much a guy can do, right? But so <laughs> practicing with your rifle, you know, how cool is it? It's so different for you. I mean – uh, you know, come out and chase. You're not sitting in a tree stand. You're you're chasing the animals up in the mountains, in the bluffs, in the buttes. Um, there's so many things. It was a really neat experience. And I'm glad I, I, I got to spend time with you doing that too. 
And uh, you were there when Bailey shot her deer. That was neat. And uh, got to all spend time out in, uh, you know, in, in the big country. So congratulations. Yep. Great job, Brett. Congratulations. Any any last-minute comments you want to make? No, I just think um, Brad has said it multiple times throughout the years of podcasts and stuff like that, and every time I'm out there, whatever else. But – you got to get out west and you got to get it on your skin and then it gets in you i'm going back i just talked to two clients before i got on here and both of them are very very close friends of mine but they're like you got it in you don't you and i'm like yes applications we got to get some points we got to figure out what we're going to do if it's going to take me walking in whatever you know into public ground or whatever it is the that's it's just incredible it is absolutely incredible i've been sitting in a tree stand for 54 years freezing <laughs> my anatomy off or sweating when you have a year like this year and you ain't gonna see a deer the spot and stock the the ability to use your glass and stuff like that is unreal there will be no more zero me sitting at a tree stand 60 below in Iowa ever again. I promise you, I will never do that again. <laughs> I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write that down and uh, and have your buddy send me least, a picture when they. Talk. At least you have. At least you have humidity down there. <laughs> exactly. And then you had the humidity and all that. It's amazing. Well, Brett, we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, one thank you, brother, for being my best friend since. Uh, since uh, I guess preschool, um, didn't even have preschool back then. It was called the Denver Crick, and hope our kids didn't die and die and drown. Um, and uh, um, but man, I tell you what, we've had a million journeys and have two million stories. It's fun to do that with you, Brett uh, and Brad, um, because uh, the three of us had a time of our life. We'll forever share that, and uh, it, it was a special, a special four or five days together, um, living in the Montana oh. Big Sky area and hunting deer. So thanks for joining us today for all of you listeners. Um, if you want more information about Rolling Bones Application Services, Rolling Bones Adventure Services, and our membership, and how you can get extraordinary access to all of those things, and plus the gear that Brett used on this trip, go to rollingbones.com, rollingbones.com, real easy to find. Click on Become a Member or Join Us Today and read about us. We have a silver, gold, and platinum uh, membership. And uh, we are not an exclusive club, but an all-inclusive club. We want to help you get on your next adventure and give you what you're looking for uh, or get you what you're looking for. We do have stay tuned to us because as this year rolls out, Bleep will be getting you more information on our adventure journey. And uh, if you book a hunt with us, you're going to get white glove service no matter where you're at. We are building an adventure journey. I saw the makings of it. Uh, uh, it was uh, something we talked about, thought about and talked about a bunch this fall. And uh, January 1, we are, um, uh, we are jumping in full force with it, and uh, away we go. But anyway, go to rollingbones.com, learn more about us. Also, just go to info at rbohome.info at rbohome.com. If you're interested in uh, anything we said on this podcast, we would love to help you out. Um, until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting. Hey, wait a minute. Muscatine boys. He let me on. <laughs> <laughs>